Hello, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping family businesses thrive. My name is Ross Hayworth, and each week I will share insights and experiences to help you to navigate the complexities that can come from being in business with your family. You will also hear directly from family businesses who have been kind enough to share their own stories. As ever, I am grateful for the support of my good friends over at the Institute for Family Business. The IFB support family businesses in overcoming their challenges and help them build lasting legacies, something that we have a shared passion for. You can find out more about their work by heading over to ifb.org.uk. Right, let's get on with this week's show. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. I am joined today by Guillermo Salazar, uh, who we are speaking to all the way from Texas. Firstly, Guillermo, welcome to the show. Great for you to join us today. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, you are a family business consultant. You've been providing advice to family businesses for 20 plus years. We're going to be talking today about what family businesses can do to help better prepare their next generation. Given where we are, we're recording this during the global pandemic. So I'm sure there's some interesting stuff that we're going to be covering. But before we sort of get into that, do you want to just give a little bit more on on your background and um, how you came to be doing what you're doing today? Well, thank you. Basically, what I've been doing is that trying to find out some answers to the questions I've been made myself, I come from a family business. And I start wondering how can it be possible to work with this bunch of crazy people, <laughs> which is my family. Uh-huh. And architect, I come from a family business construction company. And then I start to figure out that there will be some knowledge related to how to work with family businesses. And then it was back more than 20 years ago, I start to study. And eventually I had a degree in family therapy and then I started to work with families in business. Uh So I found out that most of the solutions that can be worked as a a way to depict the complexity of the family businesses was focused on family dynamics. Uh And working with that uh, in mind, I've been uh, creating a methodology to uh, help the families in business to, in, in some cases, to just push them to do the, the, the little step that can help them to evolve. In other cases, go deeper in, in real complex structures to help them to, to do the, 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 what they need to do to, to go to the next level. So that's basically what I've been doing in the last two decades. Fantastic. And I'm sure you've seen a lot in those two decades but perhaps nothing quite as severe as we are seeing at the moment in terms of uh, as obviously as a global pandemic is is still running rife uh, across the world how has that impacted the families that you've been working with i mean we were speaking um, off air about how sort of technological advances have been um, sped up as a result of the fact we've been forced into to lockdown scenarios a lot of times but what, what else are you seeing from the families that you're working with well, we've been seeing different scenarios. Well, basically, depending on the kind of industry you are in, mm-hmm. uh, we have clients that have been had a tough moment, but not that hard. Uh, basically, those that are in the retail industry, mining, energy, I would say that 
some specific services related with technology mm-hmm. are the ones that are being hit in the, 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 the less, mm-hmm. or, we'll say. But the rest of the families in business are having a real tough time on trying to understand what's still going on around them. And the other thing is that it's, it's this situation has increased the conflict and the, the way to understand one generation with the other mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, of how do they uh, interpret the environment right now. And it's all related with, uh, with a generational cultural frame that, that we've been witnessing in, in, in the last years, but now it's very evident. Uh, mm-hmm. Somehow this is been increasing this huge difference between the, the way of seeing in, in different um, generations. Yeah. And I guess the current situation, is, as well as being a catalyst for change f- from a technological and, and economic standpoint, it's also a catalyst for change within that family business, as you say, that, that it's kind of squashed together that um, potential um, difference in viewpoint from one generation to the next. And I mean, the topic of what we're going to be covering today is how um, family businesses can develop that next generation. But it's probably worth stating at the outset that it is a, it's a cooperative thing rather than, you know, everything being laid on the plate for the next gen. It's, it's, it's got to be something that is for the, the overall benefit of the business and, and yeah. the family involved. Yes, yeah, that, that's absolutely what's, what's going on. For example, just to mention one uh, situation that we we can understand. Recently, we have been seeing some statistics of how different generations interpret what's going on with the COVID-19. How do they expect to go back to the normal life? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you ask a, a, a baby boomer or a Gen X, which is the generation I, I belong to, and when you compare those points of view with the ones of the millennials or the Gen Z or, or whatever name we are giving them, there is a huge difference on what mm. they consider of the situation. They, the, the, I would like to focus on the millennials, which is a very, very, very way to understand and identify this generation. They feel more comfortable than a baby boomer or a Gen X. They feel that this situation is something that could have an outcome, that it's, it's better uh, to, to fit for them in the future than to the previous generation and by the end they feel better than the other mm-hmm. generation so saying that the way that you approach to the same problem it's always something that you have to understand to manage among the the, the, the different intentions and the dialogue the dialogue the the conversation that you can generate because not everybody's feeling the same kind of pressure the same kind of of, of fear or the same kind of opportunity feeling. Yeah. And I think that I'm guessing you see within the families you're working with that difference where perhaps uh, one generation is sat there thinking, well, this is terrible. This is, I'm quite fearful for what the future holds for my family and, and my business. And yet there could be others in a different generation who are going, this is a fantastic opportunity for us to innovate, to um, drive the business forward, to create something new going forward. And balancing that, I'm guessing it's pretty tough because you you can't change how somebody inherently feels or is concerned about something in a in a very easy way. Yes, yes. In fact, what we have discovered is that we have three basic scenarios 
where you can find a way to approach to the same problem. We, we will have the protagonist, mm-hmm. that they are the real creators of change. They can be innovators, creative, sometimes they're wrong, but they are very resilient and they can move forward. You don't have to be a millennial to have that kind of attitude, but you have to have the attitude of a millennial if you want to go through. Then the other scenario that you will have are the adapted, that they are basically that with a mindset to follow the protagonist. They will see if that works, I will follow it. Otherwise, I will stay where I am. And those are people that want to be very sure of what's happening before they do the change. And they understand that they need to do a change, but they, let's wait to see what happened first. Mm-hmm. So this is, I will say that the, this is the, 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 the medium size of the, of, the, of the universe that we work with. People that really need to understand that something is going to change, but let me first see if that's something that will work for me. Mm-hmm. And the other one, the third scenarios are the witnesses. This, this is the people that resist the change. They want to go back to the, the, the previous life, they, mm-hmm. they, for, any, for any means, they want to uh, criticize and, and, and act in a, in a way that everything must to move back again to where it was. So we are still seeing less and less and less people like this in every day of this mm-hmm. pandemic situation. Yeah. It's definitely we're moving to a new scenario. And yeah. either you are a protagonist or you are... Uh, a witness or, or, or you are an adapted of what you are seeing. Yeah. And I guess those people who either want everything to stay as it is or go back to how it was beforehand, it, as this pandemic and, and situation plays out and progresses, they're being shown whether that's realistic or not, because we hear fantastic examples of businesses that have pivoted into doing something completely different have completely adapted the way in which they deliver their services again you and i were talking um, beforehand about how we deliver our services has changed because of the you know use of technology and the lack of ability to sit face to face now and those businesses that just freeze and don't do anything and don't adapt and don't change i'm guessing are the ones that perhaps aren't going to be around for um, a very long time because they're just not adapting with what's happening with the world Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I have a client. It's, it's very funny because when all of this situation started, this particular one is a family business. They have like 50 or 60 hotels here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And when I asked them, okay, in, in the first family council we have, are you afraid? Are you, don't you have fear? I mean, uh, I will be very preoccupied of what's going on in this business. And they say, you know what? We've been in business for 70 years. We know what, what we can do. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know that we, go, we are going through this and we will have to do whatever we need to, but we are pretty sure that we are going to overcome the situation. Mm. So that's one of the points that we have seen also on the families in business, resilience, which is basically a, a, a model that we have been replying in every situation. They have, they have three facts that is uh, really helping them to, to move forward. The first is that they, they, they have a structure where the hierarchy and the, and, the, and the governance, which is a word that many families doesn't like, but uh, the, the, the way that they uh, control the power is, is very, very clear for everybody. That's very important because we are in the middle of a war. 
and in the world you need to know who is in charge and mm -hmm. that's something that they have very clear the other thing is that they have a high level of communication with everybody in the system the communication goes in the proper way with the proper channels with the proper information yeah. and that's a very important situation that they have to to live with in the system and out of the system and the other one is that they have faith and when they have faith they know that things are going to get better after this situation. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the, the main fuel that they have right now. Because otherwise, if you don't have faith, you will succumb. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever scenario you will have. Mm. And we've spoken, obviously, about the acceleration of things that, that perhaps would have been taken over a different um, period of time in old normal circumstances so so pre-covid one of those i guess is also the the development of um, the next generation within a business and perhaps that's been brought into focus that that needs to be something that is prioritized as part of continuity plans as part of the transition to that future next generation given that the world we're again going to emerge into is going to be a different place how's that sort of shaping your own work in that space with the preparation of next gen. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, it's been affected. I would say that every process, every plan that we had pre pandemic scenario, after four months of living in a situation that no one could see come in, I will say that yes, all the processes and all the plan have to be adapted on, on what we have right now. And when you start to see what can you do to improve what you have been doing with the families, you will see that this is a part of the history that they've been living, just like this family I told you of 70 years in the, in the business. Mm -hmm. When you recreate the storytelling of the family and when you start to see what are the, the main milestones they've been through whole, the, the whole history of, of, of this family in business, you will see that there's no always a, a, a way of, of, of rose and, and, and happiness and, and, and success the whole time. It's, yeah. been, it's been a roller coaster way. Uh, and every family has moments in their life that they have to understand that there is a challenge to, that, that, that put to work the best of them. They understand that in every challenge, they have to use their values in order to do the right decisions uh -huh. to overcome this obstacle. So what we have right now is part of the history that they are going through. And yes, you could say, okay, most of the business I know that, I, that have been in a, in a hard time, they, you will say that the history ends here. But no, if you, if you can see what families are doing, you will see that they have faith that the history will, will continue in the next year. So what they have now is a part of the history that they are living in the way that everyone wants to be part of this history. So what we have to do uh, every time that we uh, want, want to calm the family on the situation is then to focus on what can they do as an, as an individual to add value to this part of the history and try to see if they can fit in a proper way that the final outcome of the history that we are trying to say, we have a happy end or we will have a situation that we don't like. So when you start to 
to, to understand that you are part of a plot that we are building together, then you start to realize, okay, I, I, I need to put the best of me to help them and to help me as an individual, as a member of the family, because somehow this will pass. Mm-hmm. And you've got an example of a, a case study, if you like, of, of yeah. how you're approaching this with, with a family and uh, it's on an anonymous basis, but can you give us a, a feel for what that looks like? Yes, I, I wanted to talk about this case of, we will, we will call them the Jameson. It's uh, this guy's name. They, 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 this is a, a case of a family that is a, the, the typical one that starts from, from, from the real beginning of how to do a business. The founder was, we will call him uh, Mac, Mac Jason. He started in a, in a modest grocery store in, in California. And with his wife, uh, Martha, uh, they start the, the, the business and they really have an eye for opportunities. And this is the kind of entrepreneurs that turn an initial venture into, into a real solid retail organization. And 40 years later, they really have a great, great family business mm-hmm. because all of the, the children, they were start to be involved in the, in the business. They have five children and what they created was a situation in the family where the where Mac he really neglected the family. He was so devoted to the business that by the end of his life, he was one of those uh, uh, famous persons that say, "I would rather spend spend more life in my in my family, but then in the business, I really regret that." Blah blah blah. But this is the kind of person. Okay. So the next generation uh, happens to decide that they will not make the same mistake with their families and what they decide was that they ban to talk about the business in their own houses okay so the third generation they grow with no knowledge of the business with no willing to be part of and their parents protect them from the business mindset and they let them to live free and do whatever they wanted uh-huh because they were uh, very privileged of be part of a, a wealthy family and they don't have to be committed with the, with the, uh, the, the, the role as, as, the next, as the next generation in the business. Mm-hmm. So what we have now is that a second generation that it's very devoted to the business, but has no possibility to design a succession plan because the next generation doesn't know what's going on in the business. Mm-hmm. So they will be heirs or, or owners of something that they don't understand, that they don't know, and of course they don't love. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know, you don't love. So when they call us, they explain us the situation, they wanted, to, they wanted us to make them love the, fam- the, the, the family business. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, they wanted us to do something that they should have done in, in previously. Those third-generation members were basically millennials. They were around their mid-20s, almost 30s. Uh-huh. And we started from the beginning. We started to do what, what that we should have to do, is to help them to know the, the, the company. So when we start to work with them 
in a program, we design, uh, we design a five-step uh, process where we help them in five different phases to go through a first part of discovering what they have, then know what they have, then if they will be good enough, they will represent the family business. Mm -hmm. Then if they will good enough, they will contribute to the family business. And in the last stage, they will govern the family business. Mm -hmm. So the two first steps will let you go through a milestone in the program that will give them the right, that, that was something that we uh, agree to, to, to work in this milestone, the right to be heirs or to be owners. Mm -hmm. Because once you have the knowledge and you have discovered what you have, then you, we will start to say, okay, you are now prepared to love what you are going to hear. So to evaluate that, what we asked them was, okay, you have to present us the family business. And I have to feel that you feel it. Mm -hmm. And I have to, you really have to make me uh, get emotions yeah. in that speech. Mm -hmm. and, and they did, and they did. And all of them, the 15 members, all of them could really make your, you know, your, your feeling that they, they were loving it because they knew it. So we, we call this milestone the minimum checkpoint to be an owner. Fine. Okay. Everybody has to be an owner because they will be owners. So mm -hmm. once you have that, then we prepare them to the next step, which is I want you to be an ambassador of this family business. So uh, you will need those skills. Basically, you will, you will need to communicate. Uh, you will be a good communicator. Yeah, I want you to do at least one presentation in a public place talking about our business. And we had opportunities in, in those FBI meetings. They will, uh, three or four of them were presenting uh, their history of the family. So check. Now you are an ambassador. Now you are the, 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 the person that can represent us. And then we start inviting them to certain committees in the business where they, they, they will contribute with their ideas of what can do with the main objective that we're looking for them, which is innovation. Mm -hmm. How can you help us to innovate in the business? And it was a total success. And eventually... And, and it hasn't happened yet. We are still waiting for them to meet the requirements to be members of the board of directors, which is the last step. If mm -hmm. you want to really govern what you own, you need to be the best director that we can have. And you will be asked for the same requirements of an external member of the board of directors. So we are still in this phase. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that we started with the 15 Owners now they are they are uh, they are worthy to be owners, but now we only have two or three candidates for the last stage. Right. They, they will decide where they, they want to stay. They, they, uh -huh. they it, it's all voluntary. You cannot oblige them. We, in certain way, we we do oblige them to have the, the first milestone. Yeah. You, you need to to have this one, but the next one, it will depend on you. Uh -huh. You have all all of our help. You will need to do it because you want to do it. It's mm -hmm. the only way that it works. Yeah, and, and that's a way. That's a way to do it. And, and over what sort of time frame has that been delivered? Yeah. How, how how long a period is that over? I will say that if we are uh, lucky enough 
to have the first candidate to be worthy of having the last the last test, it will be three and a half years yeah. we've been working with. But it will depend on every one of the of the. Mm. And when you spoke to or the the family approached you, were they aware that the work that is needed to get to the point where you are now is going to take that long? Yes, because um, yes. it reminds me of you know the the fairy tale or the romantic comedy movies you you see where they they want to take a, a potion to fall in love with somebody and and it turns out that over time they fall in love with them anyway and they they didn't need the potion in the first place. It, it's taking time and understanding the story and the history of the business and the various different roles that they can play within that business is part of that natural process of falling in love with it rather than trying to force the issue by saying, well, if you tell me you love the business then you can become an owner of it because that's, it's just a potion that's going to last for the, that presentation bit. Whereas what you actually want is that inherent feeling of emotion towards the business in order to be effective players within the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes time. I mean, as you, as you mentioned, falling in love, you can fall in love in just one hour or you can really create the basement of a uh, forever lasting love. Mm. And, and it, it will, it will have uh, it, it time to, 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 to be organically authentical. So yes, it, it, but the first time I would say it, it can take you to three to six months to develop mm-hmm. the real boundary of, of, of the members of the next generation with the, with the family business uh, myths and philosophy. That's basically what we, we create. We, we define very, very well, with the family, what's the myth that we want to preserve? Uh-huh. We have to understand what we are, we, we are modifying on, on the way that we receive this myth. We are, we're going to work with this as the next generation and we are going to pass to the next generation uh, the, our interpretation of this myth. So this is the way that we create that love. For example, we have another client we work with. Uh, they have a um, museum they were crafters of, 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 of Cooper elements and they created a museum of, of Cooper. Uh-huh. And the test to know if they were worthy of being part of the family business was to, do the, to guide the tour of the people through the museum uh-huh. and tell the story. Wow. By heart. Yeah. That was the best for them, for example. What an excellent opportunity to see uh-huh. if you love what you have. Yeah. You know, because if you're kind of trudging around with your head down, sort of, oh, well, this is that, this it's going to be pretty obvious that you're not um, feeling it. It's a very practical way to to understand that, isn't it? Yeah, and 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 you can see with, with the with the with the tourists that go to the museum when they feel the emotion, man, you you have a real owner mm. because they love what they have, yeah. and this is something that you can do. Just discovering this history, what's what do they have? What who are the key person? What's the market they are in? What the products that they are creating? Why do are why do they belong to this history? And of course, that creates identity. Uh-huh. And and that's what you're looking for. That's what you need for a next generation owner. Uh-huh. So once you create that, you can build other things. But if you don't have that, it will be very hard for, to force them to be part of this project, of this yeah. family business project. So what have been happening these days? The, previously to all of this process, you, you, the family must have 
all of these structures that will support a program like this because this is something that must be as you can imagine very well structured very well planned uh-huh. and there must to be a there must to be a guide or a, or a mentor or a sponsor for these kind of processes so the the second generation they have to organize uh, a, a committee from the family council that will lead and will approve that will design and they will have to do the test everything that must to be done as a real school mm-hmm. so this is a, a, a very important project the most important project of the family council but you you need to have the family council and all of the five members of the family council must to agree they have to share the same dream that this is something that is going to work and for having a family council you should have a board members of the company that they are running that should be working too so whatever you need you need real structure to support this kind of of of, of projects in the yeah. family and uh, i guess th- what we're seeing again at the moment is a test of those structures yeah. and I interviewed Dennis Jaffe a few weeks ago about the sort of resilience in a hundred year old uh, I, businesses yeah i hear um, that one that that's what's a very good one yeah and um thank you he he effectively said the same that the, the strong governance structure whatever that is and whatever works for that particular family something that is present in resilient firms and resilient businesses that that last over um that time frame so it's it's obviously being echoed in your own work as well yeah but but nothing of this will work if if you don't have a family council that believes in this mm-hmm. once you have a program like this for the next generation you have to believe that you have to believe in critical thinking because all of the conversations are going to be held in 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 those classrooms mm-hmm. where they are going to to be there because they are going to make questions and they need to ask because it's the only way to understand the history is when you start asking mm-hmm. so this it must to be a, a collaborative spirit among generations and this trust base is the only way to do that so there must to be an access to information transparency you have to be confident that you are going to do it very well but the the the, the next generation have to there is a special a special gift that they have uh, always which is compassion because the way that you approach to the history and asking questions probably will lead to difficult answers so the 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 confidentiality among generations is and and it's very important and the way that they understand that they are working with a very delicate but at the same time very strong information will let, will, will lead to to create this kind of stuff we are working with mm-hmm. so whatever you will need to uh to to turn on the flame will eventually lead you to where you want to go uh-huh. and you cannot think in innovation in a family business if you don't have this one if you don't have the adaptability and the speed to understand what's going on right now but you you, you know where your roots are uh-huh. and why you you have those roots so whatever entrepreneurial spirit initiative innovation you want to do you need to know where you come from yeah in order, uh, in order to be to be um coherent yeah and like you said earlier with, with regards to the family history 
it might say that you know there's a, a starting point here and an end point here and if you draw a straight line in between those then it looks like it's been a smooth ride but by understanding the history you can get to have those conversations about times where the, the family experienced troubles before and and take that faith that irrespective of the fact that there might be challenging times ahead as a family we have got through this before and as a business we have got through this before because life isn't a straight line is it it's, it's a roller coaster at the best of times and, and we throw stuff like the current situation into the mix as well and it, it makes it even more interesting but if you have this perception of you know company established this year and we're currently this year and therefore it's 86 years old you you lose the fact that so much has happened within that 86 year history that you can learn from that you can take uh, examples from and in the the family stories that you, you get the next generation to to present back is that kind of a warts and all story do they do they pick out the highlights do they look at some of the you know previous conflicts between i don't know mum and dad or or other other family members who've had um, tough times as well how does it look well that's a very good one it 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 will depends in, in it always depends on the methodology that you try to work with the family when you when you recreate this history what we try to do is to recreate the ancestral ritual of gathering around the fire uh-huh. and tell stories. Yeah. That's basically what we do. And we start, yes, we start, okay, where do we start? And usually we go back two or three generations. We try to find out where the founder of, of or the founders of the, of the business start. But even back, where, where do they start? How do we understand what was the journey of this person that start from nothing and now he is the responsible of the legacy that we mm-hmm. have and this is the journey of the hero which is something that we have discovered with the family that you can apply the same methodology of telling histories of the ancients members of the of the every tribe are the same methodology that you can apply to a, a family business so when you, when you uh, start telling the story of an ordinary person that went through a magical world and came back with a prize, this is the history of the, of the, of the hero uh-huh. that you recreate in the family. And he's always, the hero is always part of a major plot where are other characters and other, other, other persons that have held him to create this, this overcome of the challenges that he will face. Uh-huh. So then they start to think, okay, maybe I am, I am part of the history because everything has a sense for me now that I, I see the order of the history, the way it's told. And now I can find my place in the history. And now I can find my identity connected with this collective identity. And this is the way that we recreate that. But this is the process that you have to, to, to work with the family yeah. in, or, in order to make, the more, to, to make coherent the mindset of the collectiveness. Fantastic. And the, the family that you gave us, the example, obviously, they sought you out to, to help with that process. If, if there's families that are listening now who are, are thinking this, this resonates with, with us, where would you suggest that they start is there a you mentioned about the family council and the fact that it needs to be driven from a place of 
sort of structure and, and governance, but where should a family start if they're looking at, at this for the first time? Well, first of all, the, 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 we need leaders in the group that truly believe in, in, in what they want to do. You, you, you need to, to, to have members really committed with the, the, the creation and the continuity of the history. Most of the family, the family have it. The way that we can see if we have the same feeling in the rest of the members of the family is to be told in a diagnosis. If we found that the family have the minimum requirements to commit in a process like this because of their level of communication, because of their level of mutual affection and the faith in everything that they, they, they can overcome. So we will have the minimum ingredients to recreate that. So where uh -huh. do they start? We can start asking every member what they want to do. Once we have this individual information, we can recreate a collective common basis to work with a shared dream. Uh -huh. and once we define that shared dream, we can recreate what's the journey that they've been going through the years and see how this journey that comes from the past is in the present, connect with this future shared dreams. And then you can create the new path to the future. And how the next generations get involved in this will come with this uh, program to help them to understand how do they connect with this history. And then you will have it. Then yeah. it's, it's just a matter of working hard. Mm. Uh, and taking the the time that's necessary to do it properly as well. I think that that's an important element to it. I think with, with a lot of other things, there can be a quick fix for, for stuff. So you can, you know, if you're going to a, a lawyer for an agreement, then it's once you've got the details of that agreement down in place, it's as long as it takes to draft it and then, and then sign it. Whereas stuff like this, where it's creating momentum over time, takes a long time to achieve. Uh, it's not something that can just be done overnight. No, it has its. I mean, it has its peace. It has its time. Usually, you can work in a in a companion of agreement in I would say four or five months, mm -hmm. maybe. But it will depends on what's the work you have been do doing before. It will depends of how, what are the the beliefs of the family, and if the family doesn't believe in an agreement, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So. The way to define what the, the truly belief of the, of the members of this myth that they are creating together, it's something that you can also work with. And you, this is where you define the shared dream, where you define the, 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 the family history. And it, it can take you, I don't know, four, five, six months to understand this uh, mythology of the family in order to create the basis to have the agreements. So, yes, it, it will take time. You cannot force to do it so quickly. You need, you need the love to flow. So that's basically, the, 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 you can hurry love, as uh -huh. no, the, the song says. So yeah. that's it. And the benefits of doing that and doing it well are, are there to see. That, that's the, the upside of this is that, yes, it takes work, but the, the benefits of doing it are, are there to see. Yeah, well, the first one, if I can tell you that the next generation really thanks doing this. 
because now they know what the previous generation is expecting from them. Uh-huh. Usually when they join the system of the family business, they have no idea what they are expecting from them. Where is my place? Where, what, can I, what, what can I collaborate with? What, what can I do? Now that you have uh, some more coherent ideas to uh, the agreements or to the plan or the program, they know the answer and they really want to uh, be part of this because now they know where they belong. That, that's the first one. The second one is that you create the, the uh, excellent forums to help the generations talk together and have these hard conversations in an orderly way that they, they have the opportunity to listen to each other and recreate what they want to do based on the, on the ideas that they can hear from one side to the other. And the third one, I will say that always, uh, depending on the, on the level of commitment of the family, it will benefit all of what, everything that is around the family business, all the society, all the, all the communities, they benefit of, of having a family business that has a, a real plan of knowing where they want to go and what their, their, their role in the system they belong to. So you will have all the, all the philanthropy initiative, all the help to the communities, everything that, that really benefits to the rest of the environment. Yeah, absolutely. That sums it up brilliantly. And for audience who want to find out a little bit more about you and, and your work, where can, they, um, where can they get that? Well, they can reach us. Our website is exaudi online, E-X-A-U-D-I, online.com. We, we are very pleased to, if you want to follow us also on the, in the social media, we'll mm-hmm. find us on Twitter, in LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere. Fantastic. And I will put uh, links in the show notes for people to um, do it. And if you are watching this on YouTube, it will be in the comments section uh, underneath the video. You can click on the link from there to, to find out more. But um, for now, thank you very much for your time um, it's been a fantastic uh, conversation and take care and we'll, we'll speak to you soon okay Ross thank you very much for the invitation again no worries take care bye bye I hope you found this episode useful if you have then why not share it with your family and see what they think I work with families just like yours to help them to better understand the complexities that can come with being a family in business so whether you're just starting out or heading into the umpteenth generation If you feel that I could help, check out fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ and get in touch. Until next time, take care.